Hey, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. Today on the podcast, the elders of Cornerstone Community Church will be discussing basic responsibilities that God has put in our lives as believers and why these responsibilities should be prominent and even how you can help organize your life based around these responsibilities. day and welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. Today uh, we have a good discussion and more than Gino and I in the control room today. So today we are joined by fellow elder Chris Youngson. So gentlemen, uh, say hello. Good day. Welcome Chris. Thank you. Yeah, welcome Chris to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not there today, but you're there. So yeah. yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Today Gino is uh, at home helping take care of his wife and, uh, so he's on the phone, and Chris is in studio. Yep, not taking care of my how honey do list. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it, it happens. But I, I would like <laughs> to kind of give our our routine shout out that today's podcast, uh, our throats will be energized today by Perrier. Both Chris and I enjoying a nice Perrier. Gino, you got anything uh, on tap? Man, I I, I have. Drank my Ethiopian and it has fueled me. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm just loading up on water H2O right now. So oh okay yeah. Well that's yeah. that's essential. I do like my H2O filtered through coffee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I should get more. Really. Dang. I wasn't I wasn't as prepared as I wanted to be. Well, I had I still am kind of teetering. It's still a little too early in the afternoon for that that afternoon cup. But man, it does. It's calling. Yeah. My throat. Yeah, I feel the calling too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, if you're a part of Cornerstone Church here in Las Vegas, and if you've been with us for some time, uh, you've probably heard us mention the five basic responsibilities of a believer. And uh, I know we have taught to this two or three times in our men's group, and I know we talk about it a lot, and I know it comes up, and I know when we counsel guys, this comes back up. Uh, when we help people think through life, uh, this topic comes back up. Uh, so definitely if you were going to say like 101 essential cornerstone kind of like, you know, hey, I want to get involved in your church and I want to understand where you guys are coming from, this topic would be huge. Uh, this topic would be a big part of that uh, because – in our private council and our public council, we are always thinking about these five responsibilities and how to encourage you to walk in these five responsibilities. So uh, let me kind of explain the grid in a way that would make sense to you since you can't see the grid. So we sat down and basically asked the question, Lord, how should I prioritize my life to honor you? And Basically, we distilled 
serving God down to five specific responsibilities that God puts on our plate. Uh, now, what we're not saying here is this is a this isn't a list of every command in Scripture. This is not like you're going to hear these things, and and the, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. And so you'll hear the list, and and always somebody's like, "Well, prayer is not on that list," and it's like, "Well, yeah, reading the Bible's not on that list either." Uh, and so what we're saying is that these, these like by kind of pinpointing these five responsibilities, you can look at these and understand the priority in your life based on these five, uh, these five uh, categories or these five different sets of people. And you should, prayer should be a part of your life. You should be praying for all these people. You should be seeking God's word to better understand how to serve these different categories, how to interact with these categories. So, some, some of the things that are not listed, right, like pride and humility are not going to be listed here. But but hopefully in your growth in humility, that is seen manifest in these five responsibilities. So with that set up in order, uh, let's let's get to the five responsibilities. And what what we are saying is these five responsibilities are on you are on most people's plates, not everybody. At minimum, everyone has three of these responsibilities. And we'll kind of just, you'll, you'll understand here in a second how that's distinguished. But this should be helpful to you because when you look at your schedule, your finances, the way you spend your time, the way you organize your life, the way you prioritize your life, Lord willing, all five of these are evident in your time, energy, and resources. And I think of I think of my time, energy, and resources. The way that manifests is: what do I spend my money on? What do I spend my time on? Time and money are energy and their resources. And so, what do you spend your time and your money on? Um, and and you can look at those two things. You can look at our calendar, and you can look at our expenses, and you can tell what matters to us. Um. So, without further ado, we're going to list these five responsibilities and one. Huge caveat here. These are not listed in order of priority. So the, this is uh, when I when I draw this diagram up, I normally, what's the, like a bubble diagram? or Like a mind map. Like a mind map. And the reason why I always draw it up in a mind map is to avoid the, the Western, here in the West, we like to think like, give me the top thing and number two, three, four, and five. And I devote all my attention to number one. And uh, number five gets there if I have time to do it. Well, the Lord actually doesn't say in these responsibilities, hey, if you have time to do this one, take care of it. He, he really says, hey, th- these are all responsibilities I put on your plate, and you need to be faithful to all of them, and you need to do them. So with that, with that in mind, here we go. Any, any other thoughts before we list the, uh, the list the five there? Did I miss anything, G? Chris? No, I think that's, no, that's really good. That's helpful. Okay. All right. Well, now, without further ado, I need some kind of like introduction music to to do. <laughs> priority number one. Priority number one. We're going to list the five priorities, then we're going to go back and talk a little bit about the priorities. So, priority number one. Letter number A would be your spouse. Your spouse is a priority. Another priority would be your family. Uh, and in family, we will put uh, parents, kids, in-laws, cousins, uncles, aunts, uncles twice removed who are roommates to a third aunt, that kind of, any kind of family tree. Uh, 
church, your church family is a responsibility. Work, if you don't work, you don't eat. And number five, your neighbor. So real quick to run through that list again. Again, in no order, church, spouse, family, neighbor, and work. So that five, neighbor, family, spouse, church, work. Notice I always made sure to say them all in different order each time. But all five of those are your responsibilities. So when you think about your responsibility, letter number one, person number A would be your spouse. Right? God, if you are married, by the way, and this is why we say that if you're not married and don't have kids, then you at least have four of them because you still have family responsibilities. You still have responsibility to your neighbor. You still have responsibility to the church and you still need to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. So uh, you just may not have kids yet or you may not have a spouse, but that's okay because you still have responsibilities. And if you don't have one of those, but you want to have one of those, then you at least need to start now mentally preparing for what, what that should look like, right? You don't want to get married, then look at what you should marry in a godly spouse. You want to know what that person should be before you get married. Anyway, okay, so yeah, let's talk about spouse. So spouse is the first priority, and what what is our responsibility to our spouse? Crickets. Yeah. Gino. <laughs> well, with three people on, it's always that uh, who's going to talk. So, G, do you want to you want to take this one? Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously we're, we're called to, to love our spouse, to lead them. Um, uh, yeah, basically love, loving, leading, learning. We, we, we talk about that as kind of a, as a role of a, of a husband. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, so I think loving our spouse is just number one, you know, thinking, you know, no, learning them is one of the things that we've emphasized recently. Um, because right without you knowing them, how could you properly love them? How could you properly lead them? Um, we want to lead our spouse, uh, in their growth, uh, toward Jesus Christ and their spiritual growth. We want to love them in a way that, uh, because they're unique individuals, right? So like the way I love my wife is going to be different than, uh, the way you guys love your wife. I think generally speaking, we can kind of back up and we all want our wives to, you know, walk alongside us as we follow Christ. Um, but yeah, I think just that, that starts. So it kind of starts with, you know, and obviously these are all intertwined too. These are like circles that overlap, you know, right. learning them as part of loving them, right? Because if you're not learning them, you know, you're not really loving them. Is that, is that, would you say that that's correct, Jason? Yeah, I mean, you're spending time with, you know, if you're not learning your spouse, then you're probably not spending time with your spouse. And you, or you, when you do spend time with your spouse, it's not about your spouse. It's not about your wife. And in this case, the learn, love, lead, right, is is really for the husband to the wife. Obviously, wives need to learn their husbands too. But, right, so right. We're, we're, we tell guys, listen, when you're with your wife, be engaged with your wife. Like, she's not just there for whatever you want. Right. She, she's there. You need to love her. You need to listen to her. You need to invest in her, spend time with her. Like when she talks, the things she says should matter to you, even if you agree or disagree. Uh, you know, even if you disagree, that's the opportunity to learn to understand your wife so that you can serve her better. Right. Right. A lot of times we don't realize that. Um, uh, well, yeah, this may or may not be the case, but just, you know, part of learning them is, um, our priorities may not look the same at, 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 you know, at any given point. And so sometimes when they do talk, right, 
it might be a priority in their mind right now. And so you have to pay attention, right? Right. Um, that's kind of, you know, part of learning, learning them, because if, if you're going to lead them in a certain direction, um, and you know, as a family, we're trying to have, uh, we, we kind of have, a, we have to have a game plan. We have to have a, you know, we, we kind of have to be on the same page as, as far as priorities. So lear- learning those kind of priorities are helpful so that you can, uh, serve them well and, and, you know, help them, uh, you know, walk alongside them and hopefully, uh, be able to just love them in a way that, that, that helps them towards that. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And then for the wife part, uh, since we didn't, we didn't mention like the wife has three responsibilities. You could, you can kind of center them down to these three. So wives, uh, you need to respect your husband's. You need to serve your husbands as a, as the helpmate and you're called to follow your husband. And so that, that is a, that's a tall order, right? Uh, but husbands, right. Everybody always hears that follow the submit husband, you know, wives submit to your husbands. And, and some people are scared of that and they're scared of that because uh, their, their view of submission and leadership is authoritarian leadership. Whereas if a husband is a servant leader, the way Christ is a servant leader, then following him is actually easy because Christ's leadership is a, is a light yoked leadership, an instructing kind of leadership where he is gentle and merciful. And for a husband, that's the same way, right? Our, if, if we're walking into our wives saying, honey, here's the decision, submit woman, like we have, we have issues. Like you, you don't understand what the Bible says about leadership. Uh, that's authoritarian leadership and that you should not have to drop the submit woman. Like your decisions should be, they should factor her into play, her personality, uh, the way she thinks, what your, what your family goals are, which should be worship God centered, right? We've talked about that on a previous, previous podcast. And it should be where she just sits there and goes, you know, her input is heard, it is received, it is, it is, you know, inserted into the thinking process. So that in the end, the decision is like, yeah, man, I'm glad you made that decision, right? And so uh, good leadership really requires harder work than authoritarian leadership. I think authoritarian leadership develops because people are lazy, to be honest with you. And it's just easier to be like, I am the law, you know, and drop, drop the law thing. Well, that, that, that's not how Christ led. Uh, you know, you don't ever hear him like look at Peter and go, Peter, submit, Peter, I'm the Lord. You will follow me. You know, it's a, it's a kind of more, you know, where even when Peter's out of line, it's like, Peter, you know, get behind me, Satan. You don't want to say that to your wife, by the way, but, (laughs) but, but right. It's a, it's a Peter. You're, you're not thinking correctly here. Contemplate this truth. And then when Peter follows, it's because he knows who the Lord is and he wants to follow the Lord. And so I think even for, for a husband, wife, right? So if you're listening, your, you, your responsibility, you have a responsibility to your spouse. And if you don't know what the Bible says about those responsibilities, then the first thing you need to do is say, Lord, teach me what my responsibilities to my spouse are. So there's got to be this like, whoa, I don't know what it means to respect my husband, right? Titus talks about uh, wives respecting their husband. Uh, the same the same thing happens in Ephesians four, right? There should be a love for one another, and so if you don't know what it means to re- to love and respect your husband, then you've got to learn how to do that, and that's that's where the church comes into play too, because that Titus two, older women are actually teaching younger women how to be sensible wives 
who can honor, respect, and and worship the Lord through their relationship with their husbands. And it's the same thing for husbands. Older men are teaching younger men how to be godly husbands to their spouse, to their wife. So, right, and that's responsibility mm. number one. Yeah. Chris, you... Yeah, you, that's a mouthful, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's so good, obviously uh, maybe, maybe in a future podcast we'll take these five and dig even deeper into them, but that's kind of a good start. Chris, did you want yeah. to add anything to? Yeah, I mean our, uh, I mean our encouragement to churchmen, right, is to be um, faithful in their responsibilities, and so you know in this uh, area of their life and towards their spouse, the Bible you know gives us these principles, right? Colossians tells us to uh, love our wives and to not be harsh. Uh, towards them and so then what does that look like you know um, how do we talk to our spouse how do we treat them Um, you know are we irritated are we embittered are we you know uh, the bible tells us not to not to be harsh and and to love them and and then for the spouse you know to submit um, as is fitting to the lord and you know really it's a it's a picture of um, when, when a wife submits to a husband is actually um, emulating uh, Christ's character and how glorifying that is for a wife to really emulate the character of Christ, um, yeah. you know, in submission and, and how that fleshes out in, their, in her relationship with her husband. Um, so again, um, and, and, you know, like Jason said, you know, we are disciple of Christ, so we make it a life, a long learning to flesh those out. Like how, do, how can I love my spouse better? How can I treat them in a way that, that I'm making sure that I'm not harsh. Right. So when I come off um, from work and I know I'm dog tired, um, like how do I mentally prepare myself to come in uh, so that I put some uh, roadblocks there that, that doesn't allow me to be harsh towards my spouse. And then at the same time, you know, the spouse is always contemplating you know, what does it mean to serve um, my husband? So the encouragement is always to think about these things and to study um, how to better flesh them out in our in our day-to-day lives. Yeah, yeah, and you, we're kind of referencing Colossians 3.18 there. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Uh, and that's, you know, there's Paul kind of a summary. Now, that's not an exhaustive list of responsibilities. But uh, here, you know, right, be subject to your husbands as is fitting the Lord, right? And so that there there should be a, right, that's not a call to submit if he's asking you to sin or do something sinful. It's it's also, right, in, in the way that honors God, you know, there there is a, sub, a subjection, a submission to him. And again, not authoritarian right. slave master submission, but um, but a recognition of leadership and a submission in a hierarchy of, of leadership. And and we can talk about that later. That does not demean womanhood, and it doesn't demean manhood. Uh, that's only demeaning if we view the role of leader as having more value than the role of follower. And nowhere in Scripture is the leader valued higher as a position than the non-leader. And so, uh, in fact, what we have is the hand and the foot are equally important, and you have you have an opposite view portrayed of the body in 1 Corinthians 12. 
But then husbands love your wives and do not be embittered against them. And I do think it's hard work because men are men and women are women and we're not the same. And as crazy as the world is and can't discern that men and women aren't the same because they're blinded by their own sinfulness, right? That, that difference is enough that husbands have to realize uh, that difference, uh, if not left unworked on, you can grow, you can grow embittered against your, your wife because she's just not a man. She doesn't think like you. She doesn't act like you. She doesn't even sometimes prioritize life the same way you do. And if you're not careful, you you can be embittered against her actions and who she is. And so, uh, yeah. But that's that's the first responsibilities to your spouse. Uh, and by the way, if somebody came to me and said, "I know you don't rank these," uh, I would say your spouse is the most important person in your life. So that's kind of my little caveat mm-hmm. there. Like I, I you know. Uh, you know, if I called Gino and said, Gino, I need this right now. And Gino's like, Hey, Jesse needs this right now. I'd be like, no, go take care of Jesse. Cause that's your wife. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. these guys would say the same to me, like, no, go, go be with Kyla. Like that, that's your first priority here. And so, um, yeah, most of the time we don't live in situations where we have to pick and choose between people like that, but, and hopefully, hopefully you mm-hmm. never do, but, uh, all right. So second responsibility, uh, moving on here in Colossians three twenty, children, be obedient to your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. And so the second one that we talk about uh, responsibility-wise is to our family. And so if you have children, you have responsibilities to your children. Uh, If you don't have children, you still have probably, most likely, maybe, a mother, a father, brothers, sisters, cousins, and you have responsibilities to all of them Uh, as as parents, right, that responsibility, my primary responsibility to my children is to lead them uh, and teach them about Christ, to teach them the Word of God and to show them what it means to live as a follower of Christ. Uh, you know, here the command is children be obedient to your parents in all things, right? And so uh, I think there's even a, a, a need for me to teach my kids there is a hierarchy in the family. Uh, your mom and dad are in charge, you are our followers. And I even tell my kids, like, this is good for you to learn that you that you are under other people because your entire life you're going to be under other people. You know, there's no human being in this world that that is authority-less, that lives without some kind of authority over them. And so, you know, even a very pragmatic sense, I think one of the things I'm, I'm to teach my kids is you, you have to learn where the authority is and how to follow them in a way to where it works. Uh, and in a way that honors God, most importantly. So, uh, right, second priority is to our children. Uh, and that that can be different, right? Chris is teenagers. Yeah. It's vastly mm-hmm. different from parenting Jana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how every family dynamic, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing to bring up, right? Family dynamics does play a role in how we... Uh, how we lead our families. So like, uh, all, like between our three families, uh, with the guys on the phone right now, um, I think yours and Chris's are probably closer than, than mine. Like I have all my kids are under eight years old right now. So, uh, yeah, how I lead them is going to be, is going to look different than how you guys lead your, your family. Yeah. So. Yeah. Most of you, yeah. I mean, your all of your kids are still kind of in this listen and obey phase. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Neither one of Chris's kids, uh, though, though that expectation probably still exists, you can't, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it, Chris, but you probably can't just drop the listen and obey, boys. 
Yeah, I just I just encourage them that if they want to be wise, they'll listen. Yeah. 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 I asked that's a that's a question I ask one of my kids all the time. How do you envision this working out with the way you're responding? Yeah. Yeah. Is that gonna win your mom and I to your perspective? So yeah, it's almost like a men, it's like a mentor. It's like a you're almost like a mentor at that point. Would would you say? Yeah, th- coach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want to micromanage them. I don't want to have to tell my teenager to go brush his teeth, to take a shower, to change your clothes, to do your work. I don't. I mean, that's at the teenage age, just too much going on for me to micromanage all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to not pull my hair out. Yeah, and, and yeah. As, you know, as as they get older, uh, I think when you you want to empower them with with responsibilities so that they can learn to do things, you know, so that when when they get older, there's not like the first time they're trying to learn how to do things around the house. Right. I'm excited. We we will pause uh, quite a bit of the teenage discussion too, because we have a podcast that we are lining up with a with a. Uh, youth pastor of 10 years who's going to join us um, and and talk about common parenting mistakes and good things that he's seen as a youth pastor. And so that'll be good, right? You always need, it's always helpful to get an outside commentary or an outside perspective uh, on, on your, on what you do. Right. And that's why coaches in the NFL exist. Those players know their job. They know what they're doing. They don't need, you know, they don't need, some of that, but the outside perspective is really helpful. So yeah, yeah. as I have to parent Looking one of my kids right now, it's funny. Like he knows, mm-hmm. the, he knows the recording rules and he, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's kind of fun. And and that's my, right. That That's the difference. My teenager knows the recording rules and doesn't need to be, but, but I still have one in Gino's camp too. Yeah. And that's always interesting as a parent, right? You have to navigate that, that your kids are, you know, their maturity level is going to change as they get older. And so you would have to, um, what the, the discipline tactics that you, that you use when they're like five and below isn't the same tactic you're going to use when they're 13 years old. So, right. Yeah. Uh, Bummer. Yeah, and and that, <laughs> you can't play, you can't just have them face the wall. Yeah, and usually neither yeah. tactic ever works on your spouse. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, uh, now you did you did uh, include extended family here. We we haven't uh, talked too much about that in the past. So I, I kind of interested on your thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I have responsibilities to my parents as as my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, responsibilities to my sister. I think I think all of us have siblings and spouse and, and our siblings and our 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 our, our um, you know our spouse has may or may not have siblings, but if they do, you have responsibilities to them. Responsibilities to your in law, and so just kind of thinking through, you know, that I know that one point of contention can sometimes be the married couple you're married and you're living, you know, you're married doing life, walking together with your spouse as you're called to. And every now and then a parent of either family kind of steps in and says to you like, well, you need to do what we're saying to honor, honor us. And I I know that can be an issue from time to time. 
Mm-hmm. And learning to be able to look at your parents and say, I'm honoring you by doing exactly what God has told me. And so in order to honor God, I actually have to side with my spouse over you. That That's often the biggest point of contention I see in, in, uh, in relationships that married people have with, with a parent is that needing mm-hmm. to kind of set the boundary of, well, I'm one flesh with my wife. I'm not one flesh with you. So I have to walk with my wife and do do life with my wife. I want to do that for you, but in order to honor God, I actually have to pick my wife in this case. And sometimes that can be a point of contention. Uh, but but I think for this podcast, and, and maybe if that opened a can of like questions for you listening, email and text us because we will, we can make this its own podcast too. But for me. I think at minimum, it's that recognize you have responsibilities to as a parent to your kids. You have responsibilities as a, as a son to your parents, as a daughter to your parents. You have responsibilities to your siblings, right? I would help a sibling out financially. I would help a parent out financially. Not that I wouldn't help others out, but there is some kind of familial, right? Like I would contemplate allowing my parents or or my wife's parents to move in for medical care you know, if it was appropriate at a time in life. Right. Whereas I might not, I might not consider that for my next door neighbor, you know, and it it just depends. Mm -hmm. Like there might be times where your next door neighbor, that is appropriate. That's kind of more of a Mm -hmm. wisdom issue, but, but other just to realize, right. Like God gave me my parents, let me love my parents, cherish my parents, be thankful for my parents and if you listen to that and you have unbelieving parents, right, they're still like learn to be thankful for them uh, in some way. They still helped mold and shape your life in some way. Uh, some of us had really bad parents and it's hard to be thankful. And, and that does make it difficult. But, but even recognizing that we live in a sinful world and our parents are not perfect uh, can be helpful too. Because, you know, if, if, if you lived under abusive parents, uh, as hard as that is, right? And, and you may not even have a relationship with them. At minimum, pray for them that God would save them and that one day you'd get a knock on the door with your parents standing there in tears crying, please forgive me for everything I did to you. Like, that, ultimately, that's what we would want even in that situation. So, mm-hmm. right, I mean, I, I think my point is no matter what kind of parents you have, God does say something about the relationship in a way that honors him, and it's our job to learn what that is from Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that that yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Gino. No, I just, yeah, that familial tie um, does bring in that extra, uh, you know, that extra bond that where, where uh, it's just uh, there's a little bit more ministry involved than just a, a person on the street. That's all I was going to say. And so, um, you know, that that uh, that minimum at least pray for them is is super important. Yes. Um, because they, they see your life, they know your life. Um, yeah, and you, you want to be that light to them because that might be the only light they see. So. Yeah. 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 And you never know. It's harder with family, but you never know, right? Like, you know, you yeah. go to your Thanksgiving function and you have some weird aunt. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but that, that you may be the only believer your weird aunt comes in contact with. And so, mm-hmm. you know, rising above the political differences that may or may not exist or any other family friction and learning to be a peacemaker among that family member. Uh, again, it's helpful. And, and, but that takes, again, it takes kind of this, okay, Lord, I have a responsibility to this person. 
what are my responsibilities? And I would argue kind of what you just said. At minimum, the first priority with your family member is to point them to Christ. And so mm-hmm. if that means not engaging in a handful of conversations, uh, every family I've noticed has like has a weird person in the family. Every family in the world has some kind of like hot topic issue that if you touch it, the whole family is going to erupt and everybody's going to defriend themselves on Facebook. Uh, you know, you're not sure if Thanksgiving's canceled or not this year, but so, so learning to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to engage in those hot topic issues. I'm not going to pick sides with my family member. Like, you know, I think all of these go with, okay, Lord, help me to realize I'm salt in this family. I'm light in a dark family let me just love them and be thankful for them and cherish them as human beings who are made mm-hmm. in your image. And I think, I think we can all do that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the long game approach versus the short game approach. You know what I mean? It's, you're in there for the long haul. Yes. And so keep planting good seed, keep uh, being a good witness, keep being a peacemaker. Uh, you know, don't, don't unnecessarily be the, the one that, that leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Right. Be the one that, that adds flavor to the, to the group. You want to add flavor. You want to add, you want to be a fragrance, uh, an aroma that's pleasing. Right. Yes. And so that, that's what our worship should, our worship should not unnecessarily offend our family members and those outside. It should, um, you know, it should at least like, uh, bring some kind of glory to God because it's, it's at least kind and patient and willing to understand and willing to be loving and being a peacemaker. I, I think those are the beautiful things of, you know, of Christianity. It adorns our lives and kind of becomes a witness to others. Right. Yeah, I, I would yeah. agree, right? So our presence in our family should, at some level, enrich um, en- enrich their relationship. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Like you said, like we should... When we when we join into these functions, at some level, uh, they should they should see us and 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 um, and and their relationship should be enriched because we're there because we are salt and light because we, um, you know we uh, we want to honor the Lord we want to be peacemakers we want um, you know we want love and we want joy and we want um, really to to show our love and. And spend time with them, and genuinely, you know, desire that they would know Christ and that they would know love. And um, yeah, I would, I would agree. Another thing that I wanted to point out was um, when it comes to extended family, is just as a, as as a couple, um, just always be ready to to manage expectations um, together and and to to navigate those expectations with your spouse uh, and and have you know. Um, conversations about them and um and and have a goal of hey we want to point our families to christ um and that's that's what that's, that's what i want to add yeah amen no that's awesome and and that's evidence of thinking through these things of thinking through okay lord i have a responsibility i mean the, the weird nobody wants to hang out with the weird aunt but but you got to you did again you may be the only believer your weird aunt comes in contact with Praise God, you know, like, uh, thank you, Lord. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to kind of fly through this next point. And we're going to fly through this next point because it'll, it'll make sense. So the next responsibility I'm thinking of here is the church. So we have number one, again, not in ranking order, spouse, 
family, although you should pick your spouse over your family. I pick my wife over my kids all the time. My kids are going to move out. My wife is not, uh, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> right, so, so spouse, family, church. Now, we're, we're going to fly through this one because this is the Churchman podcast, and we talk a lot about the relationship between us and the church. So for the sake of the mm-hmm. podcast and the sake of, of kind of keeping this honed on the five principles, I'm going to say this, and then um, if you guys want to add anything, we can, and then we'll just move on real quick. So understand this. God placed you in a church. He equipped you to be a part of a local church, not universal church. Not this, oh, I listen to whoever I want every Sunday, and on my own, I'm, I'm a, no, I'm a part of the larger body of Christ. No. He called you to be in a local church using your gifts among a group of people that you see on a constant habitual basis. So if you travel 51 weeks out of the year, but that one week you're in Vegas, this is your church, right? And wherever else you travel, be in the same place at the same time. So if you have like a dual membership that's cool but but the point being right make sure the people who see you know you and you know them and you have a responsibility to them and so there's no you know we are we're not called to be lazy christians who sit on the couch and watch other people be involved in the church no as hard and difficult as sometimes being involved in the church can be because sometimes not all of us have great you know experiences where they're always these like glorious love letters of, Oh, my church is awesome. Some of us have gone through like really bad things in the church. And so whether you, whether your past experience is great or really bad, it's, it's that like call to, to keep trudging, to keep working, to keep being faithful, to keep moving on. It's that Hebrews six, nine through 12. Therefore I desire all the more that you remain diligent in ministering to one another from Hebrews six, nine to 12. So uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, we'll, we'll move on to the next priority. Yeah, I'm good, Chris. I'm good. Okay, so again, we obviously, if you're listening, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know we talk a lot about being involved in the church. So, okay, so the next one, number four, letter number four, is work. Oh, you have a you have a responsibility to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Yep, that's straight out of the Bible. Second Thessalonians. Right, and so to work is good. In fact, if you go back to our Colossians passions, passage, 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 three twenty-two, th- slaves and all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external services, those who merely pray, please men, but with the sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that the Lord from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. So. Right, we have a responsibility to work. Chris? Amen. Working man, Chris. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we have a responsibility to, um, to, be, to work with integrity, to, you know, to work even if, if the boss is not looking because that's, that's what the Lord calls us to do, right? We work us unto the Lord. And so we want to uh, work in a way where we're blameless in the sense that um, the boss can see that, that we're faithful in, in accomplishing the task that, that's given to us. And, um, and that's not always easy, especially if you uh, have a boss that 
that that is an, an unbeliever or you know doesn't know Christ and they um, they rule with a heavy hand and um, and the, you know the Bible doesn't distinguish between both right uh, just you you are called to um, to work hard and to work well um, and so what does that mean uh, for us churchmen that means you got to study your craft uh, whatever um, whatever work you have you you have to work in a way to where you're you're constantly uh, working with excellence trying to grow as a as an employee you know even you know asking your boss like hey what can I do better what can I take off your plate how can I make your job easier uh, because ultimately um, you're also working to win your boss to Christ yeah that's a good point I was, as you're talking about that I was thinking of first Peter 2.13, submit yourself to the Lord's sake uh, for every to every human institution, whether to a king or as to one in authority. And, and I know he's talking about governors here, but verse 15, for such the will, the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish, foolish men, act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use as bond slaves of, of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. And unreasonable here uh, has that idea of even being curved or crooked or opposed to straight. Uh, Maybe somebody who's even unscrupulous or dishonest or morally bent. And, you know, the, the one thing I would, you know, that I love about what you said is pursue excellence. And, uh, there, there are men in the church who you see, right? They go to work and you know they're at work and then you'll say, you know, you'll talk to them and it's the evening time and they're not disregarding their family, but they're using some of their downtime to understand better what it is they're called to do at work. And so maybe they're reading a book or studying on their job on, you know, something related to their job. And I know Chris, you've talked about that where you know you've you've you know you're off on Saturday, but you spend four hours doing something for the Air Force to make your job better. Uh, that you know you maybe either because you were too busy that week, or but still that that willingness to put in the extra time to make your job better, right? Because because you view that as a prime responsibility. Correct. Uh, yeah. So the idea of homework, right? The idea of uh, just planning and preparing uh, for work. Um, that's part of just being faithful. Um, obviously, if I'm working 20 hours, then then I'm neglecting some of my responsibilities at home. Uh, but the idea is that uh, you you want your work, you want to think of your work as a responsibility, and you want to be faithful to them. And so you will want to spend some time, even off duty. So that you can pursue your work um, with excellence and help out, you know, the company or help out the organization that you're at. You know, I, I wonder, too, um, there's probably a balance there. There there's certainly some men in this world who spend too much time with work and use the, the uh, excuse of work to neglect their family. Yep. But, uh, but I also know, like, if it's a busy week for us and something in the church is going on, or it's just, you know, sometimes August can be really busy for us or March or right before Easter. 
and I know that there are times where, you know, uh, I will take what is normally or what usually is family time. And I've had to do something else with that family time, like study or, or read something or be on the phone and counsel somebody. And Kyla has never complained about that because she also realizes in the ebbs and the flows of the year, there are just times where work is busier. And it's that like, I think because I'm faithful to the other things, she doesn't complain when work's a little busier than normal uh, because she sees as, well, no, that's one of his responsibilities. And I think even, right, even as we talk about these five responsibilities, there should be a part of you that recognizes other people have these responsibilities too. And the need sometimes to sacrifice one to serve the other, you know, and so you never want to look up and be like, well, we, we've just, you know, we've just negated the church because I just want to love my wife. Well, you, you love your wife by engaging and getting your wife involved in the church and helping remove those roadblocks to get her involved. But the same thing also applies, right? Like nobody ever says that for work. Well, work, I'm just not going to come in this week because I love my wife. Like nobody ever makes that call, right? Because everyone's afraid of losing their job and losing their money, right? And for some mm-hmm. reason, some people aren't afraid of not not honoring the Lord with their church relationships. And that, you know, God will God will grow them at the appropriate time. Uh, but but you see what you see where I'm going with that, right? Like sometimes these things don't these responsibilities don't work on this perfect like you know balanced. Oh, I have forty hours here, and I have twenty hours here, and I have ten hours here. Like sometimes it requires managing your time and sacrificing, you know, uh, hobby time or family game night for the sake of doing other things that are that are just important in the season. Yeah, that's why in the beginning is it very important to say that this is not in a ranking order is yeah. not in its order of importance that is not we can't think of it so linear that like, OK, I got to, you know, do spend time with the wife first and then, and, and then perfectly carved out enough time, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there and 30 minutes work. I mean, we can't do that uh, because sometimes, like you said, some seasons are going to require you to focus on other areas of your responsibilities and, and devote more time during that time. Um, and, and you have to shift, right. And it's constantly shifting. Um, but you, but the Lord still calls you to be faithful in these responsibilities and you have to find a way to meet those responsibilities. You know, I think this is, this is kind of bridging into, into a question that I want to ask. Um, uh, so, but I'm going to hold the question off for one second because again, we could talk about work quite a bit. Uh, but, but this, this discussion has brought up, I think a part of the five, the five responsibilities is, which is where the wisdom comes in and which is where, you know, to being able to, to kind of talk a little bit about how we navigate these is important. So uh, I'm going to pause the work discussion only to say if I, if I were going to summarize, have integrity at work, be the hardest worker there, be on time, and be somebody who is loyal to your company and does not bash your boss to other employees or your boss, right? Everybody works for an idiot and it's easy to talk about the foolish things they do. The worst thing you can do is to do that at work. Say nothing, smile, put your nose to the grindstone, do your job, be faithful to do your job and trust the Lord. 
Because, you know, in economic downturns, guess who they find ways of getting rid of, right? Uh, oh, Johnny's been bashing me the whole time. This is a great opportunity to let Johnny go and to give extra hours over here to Billy, who just works hard and does nothing. Now, sometimes that's not always the case, but again, honor the Lord, trust him. God knows who your managers are, who your bosses are, right? Gina has this prayer every week, Lord, although I'm not Gina's boss, but you know, he's like, Lord, I, I know who my, my coworker is like, you know, you know, and so I'm, I'm just kidding, but, but either way, right? So, yeah. Uh, and then fifth responsibility real quick is neighbor. And we're, we're going to talk about this one briefly as well, J- just in the sense that you need to realize that you have a responsibility to every human being on this earth. Mm-hmm. One, other human beings are made in the image of God. Uh, so to love them and point them to the truth, serve them, be open to serve them. If your neighbor knocks on the door, don't run and hide, open the door. Hi neighbor. How are you doing today? What a joy to see you. How can I help you? You know, and so we'll talk about that more later, but, but I want to move on to, right. So the five, the five principles, uh, work, church, neighbor, family, spouse. Now what, what Chris kind of brought up and I want to talk a little bit more about that. Whoa. I don't know what that was. Does Gino. Was that, was that the message of the, uh, was that the emergency broadcast system? Yeah, not not quite, not quite. It, it was a, a a Thanksgiving text from somebody. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, this was yeah. only, this was a test of the emergency broadcast system. Had it been an actual yeah. emergency, we would have just clicked this off and run and screamed. Exactly. No, yeah, okay. no emergency. All right. So now let me ask this question, uh, Chris. These these five responsibilities are there, and we, we really started to kind of get into this on the work one. How do we, how do we navigate these five responsibilities? Right. Uh, is it as simple as starting with the reality of, hey, these really are five central responsibilities, and I kind of need to to start with those in the middle and put everything else on the outside? I mean, how do, how do we navigate this? How, how specific? What does that look like in the Tiangsen house? Yeah, and it starts with, you talked about uh, our calendar and our prior and um you know, our resources and our time and where, where, what we spend our time in and, um, and, and just being able to, okay, what, how, if I was to look at my day, where is it, where am I spending my time? And is the, the, the bulk of my time spent being faithful to those responsibilities? Have, you know, did I give my, my spouse, um, did I work to fulfill my responsibilities with my spouse, with my family? Um, was there an opportunity uh, that I could have helped out a neighbor today? Was there an opportunity that I could have uh, been faithful at work? And, you know, was there somebody at church that I could have um, encouraged to love and good deeds? And then obviously, like, you know, there there are like hobbies, right? Those become kind of a... a a secondary uh, priority. Now, if, if nothing is going on, um, then, then I'm free to, okay, maybe I can, I can, you know, watch some TV or go for a bike ride or, or do, do that. Right. Um, and, and it's really, it's, it's, it's a tough balancing act and it, it just becomes to being able to self-reflect at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, the end of the year, where did I spend my time and was I faithful 
in in the time that the Lord has given to me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, and and you're not so you're the thing is too you're not disc, discounting or discrediting having a hobby or free time. Absolutely like, not. I need to roast coffee. No, you do, and <laughs> uh, you probably still have free time. I do. Yeah. Uh, actually, I I don't know if it's like you. I felt like this is kind of freeing for me in a way because it's also helped me navigate what to say yes and no to. Correct. Yeah, Gino. Any any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of look at it through the grid of like just uh, the, the overall grid of making disciples, you know, um, and uh, I feel like all five of those can fit through that grid. Um, and so, you know, I'm always trying to see, you know, what, which part, which one of those, it, you know, it's a, it's, a ju- it's a spinning of the plate that never ends. It feels like with, with little kids. So... Um, you know, we're just, a. for me, it's always like knowing where everyone is so that I, I know what I need to do for my responsibility towards that, that, that individual or that group of people. Um, yeah, but you know, in the midst of all that, my attitude is always trying to be thankful, uh, for what the Lord has, has before me. But yeah, um, navigating through, uh, all five responsibilities is something that you're always doing. And you're always trying to be faithful to all five without without neglecting the other, right? You're not trying to neglect uh, any one of those. You're always trying to um, lead your family so that we all have those five responsibilities at the forefront of our mind. Right, and I think that's my goal. Just just that, just doing that is hard. <laughs> just is doing hard. just trying to yeah, just trying to get everyone on that same page is is, is hard. It's a constant, uh, uh, you know, it's always a it's always a constant reflecting because, um, you know, we, we, we're selfish. Human beings are, tend to be selfish. And so right. I have to always make sure I'm not being selfish. I'm not being, um, you know, I'm taking care of everyone's needs. No, that's a good point. And it's, it's not always easy, too, because, uh, you know, the difficulty in, in, in a house is that though, though your spouse may be, though your wife, you know, in our cases may be committed to the same responsibilities, Sometimes mm-hmm. just the pressures and the flow of the week uh, forces different priorities in different categories to the surface of, of your wife that maybe is at the surface of you. And so having to realize sometimes, oh, my wife is navigating this with the kids while I'm currently navigating this with the church and having to realize, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what, we're, we're on the same page in terms of being responsible to the, to the Lord. However, you know, uh, need to be gracious and realize right now we may have different, we, we just have our eyes on two different things, even though our hearts are both pure in what we're trying to do. And so that reality, right. Even drives me to realize, Oh yeah, you know what? It's, you're going to have times where you just got to navigate around your spouses, you know, and, and to navigate around that. Right. Because sometimes that creates friction. Um, because you want, you know, you're trying to get this ready for work, but your spouse is trying to get this ready for the kids. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think our, our propensity is to say, well, could you do this instead? Because I'm trying to do this. Whereas sometimes we need to back it up and realize, no, wait a minute, my spouse is being faithful. And my job as loving my spouse is actually to, to be thankful that her eyes are where her eyes are with the kids and to encourage that. And if that means that I got to make my own bacon in the morning, then then I'll wake up earlier and make my own bacon. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, but that's one of those things, you know, in these priorities is I kind of think of them as these are my priorities, but I also have this, right. We, I think we need to extend, push, push the boundaries a little bit and realize these are my spouse's priorities as well. And am I serving my spouse in such a way to help her grow in those responsibilities as well? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's easy yeah. to say, well, I have work and I need you to do this cause I have work. But on the flip side, you know, um, I would want to be the kind of guy where my wife's like, Hey, I need to go serve, uh, Michelle in the church tonight. I need to go, you know, do this with her and help her with this. Well, I would hope I'm the kind of guy that goes like, Hey, that's a responsibility my wife has to the church. What do I do to equip you and empower you to be there rather than, well, but you're taking away time from me, you know? And so I think, I think the thing is if you're actually doing all of these faithfully, as, as a couple, you don't ever look at each other and go, we never spend time together. Like, I think you end up, you know, you find a way to still spend time together. And mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I'm trying to think too about some of the common, right. And so we always say this, like, we don't have anybody specific in mind, but I've been, mm-hmm. I've been, we've all been around people long enough to know that we get, we tend to get the same kind of like pushback. Well, but my wife and I just, you know, we work 40 hours a week and we want to spend time together. And it's like, well, I get that you want to spend time together. That's great that you want to spend time together. I'm happy you want to spend time together. However, you're actually going to find that your time together is better if you're being faithful to these other responsibilities. I learn from godly men how to be a godly husband, and then I apply it to my wife, and my wife probably goes, thank you, Lord, for those guys in his life. He's easier to deal with now than he was 15 years ago. You know, and if I took that out of my life, I don't know. I mean, I probably would not be, uh, you know, I'm not, I probably would be a far worse husband than I, than I maybe already am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. in thinking about the priorities, right, we're trying to, I think what, what we're trying to kind of even drive at here is you've got, you have to prioritize them. You have to have some kind of game plan. That's what I hear both of you saying. Uh, you have to be patient and gracious towards other people when they, when it doesn't flow the way you want it to, but you've also got to be the kind of person that empowers everybody in your family to have the same power, to have the same, um, ministry commitments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, any, anything else in navigating those? I think, um, so I'd like to add, like use the church, right? Use the relationships you have with the church because there are men in the church that um, are are striving, I mean, striving to fulfill these responsibilities, and they and and some of them do it really well. Um, and being able to to talk to them and 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 help navigate some of you know what happens when there are conflicting priorities and how to navigate that, uh, and and watching their life right and getting discipled by them. Um, you know, to be to be better at fulfilling, you know, our responsibilities. I think, um, like I know, you know, I always I always think through like what um, like my schedule because I can get really really busy really really quick, right? And and all I gotta do is okay. Well, how are these other guys doing it? Because they seem to be really really busy, but they're still committed. And they're still faithful 
to the responsibilities that we talked about, right? They're still having time um, to minister to the church, to minister to their neighbor, to work really, really hard. They still find time to be good spouse and, and, and disciple and train up their kids in righteousness. And so when I see those folks, I want to get to know them. Like that's, that's kind of like what I do. I go to church and I find the guys that are, that, that seem to be faithful in these responsibilities. And I want to get to know them because I want to, I want to learn from them as well as they continue to search the scripture, how to fulfill their responsibilities. So my encouragement to, you know, to churchmen is, Hey, get to know people in your church and, you know, um, ask them those questions. How do they navigate their life? Why is it that they can do those things? Um, what is it, you know, that maybe we have put into our lives that that made us so busy that we forget that they're, hey, man, they're, they're, these are five central responsibilities and maybe I've taken on too much hobbies or whatever it is, right? And it's, it's carving out too much time. Yeah. Yeah. Good, I, think, good, I agree. Yeah. I, I think even, you know, that, that somebody, I don't remember when, said it someplace, but... Uh, the more you grow and the more mature you become and the more your roots are sunk into your responsibilities, right? So the longer you're married, as your kids get older, the longer you're with a company, the longer you're in the same church, what happens is you grow and the Lord uses that faithfulness to grow you even in responsibilities. And so there's a part of me that always wants to say, to guys, you know, I know you can think back to being 19 with one responsibility in the world and all your cash went to video games and Doritos and, you know, big gulps. And you were up till three in the morning every night playing video games. Like I totally know that that's like, you know, in your mind that even maybe even mean the good old days, but accept the fact that it's actually beautiful and that God actually, as you're faithful in the things he's put before you grows you in those ways to where, you know what, your, your responsibilities are naturally going to grow. So rather than try to push back on that, accept the reality that as you get older and as, as you're steeped, as you're steeped in things longer, Right, that those responsibilities grow, and as they grow, accept that as a part of life. Right, and so I think a lot of us are prone to look back and be like, "Well, those are the golden years. I want the golden years to return." And the reality is, they're never coming back. Like this is actually right now is the golden years of your life. Like today is the golden day. Yesterday, uh, you know. Uh, you know, when Kyle and I went to Salt Lake City and Park City, that was a great weekend. But today's a great day with my wife as well, even though, you know, we have all of our responsibilities on the plate in a very visibly manifest way today. And so, you know, I don't ever want to get stuck to where I'm looking back going, oh, those are the glory years. No, look at today, embrace the responsibilities of today grab a hold of them and walk in them and be faithful in those. And, and the thing is God has a way of bringing joy. And that was the, I think the message even from Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's, that. that's such an attitude of Thanksgiving. Like you're thankful for today. Uh, you know, whether, whether it's, um, 
you're learning to navigate this for the, these things for the first time, whether you have a hard boss, uh, whether you're not satisfied with your job. Like today, so like, it's, a, it's a thankful day because the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord is molding us, he's shaping us. He's still sovereign. He's still on the throne and we can trust that he's doing what he will and it's going to be good. Oh, you're exactly so. right. Yeah, I, and that's that's worship. Be thankful. No, mm-hmm. I. Yeah, I mean, gosh, th- that's the thing about this topic. It always opens up so many other discussions. But mm-hmm. I am so thankful for some of the wishy-washy bosses I worked for, not because they were wishy-washy, mm-hmm. but because what I learned living under them. And how I'm now even able to, you know, you never realize what what you're good, what you experience and learn. God has a way of bringing that back up to help another brother through it. And mm-hmm. it, in the one of the best things is when a guy goes, "Oh yeah, I work for somebody like you're describing," and realizes that that his situation that he's not alone, right? And that that there's actually other men out there in this world that can help you think through those things. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, be thankful. Amen. It's hard. It, I, I get some days really hard to be thankful. Uh, you know, if you're changing three kids' diapers today, I get it. Like, hard to look at the you know the twelve diapers that you changed in the last four hours and be thankful for that. But uh, on the on the other hand, I, I think there are some days where Chris, would you rather change twelve diapers in four hours or deal with some teenage hard headedness? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, See, Uh, so every situation in life has its challenges. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, any, any other thoughts on these five responsibilities? I know Chris, uh, you said at one point these were helpful to you. Do you want to talk a little bit about just how, how that kind of helped you at some, I know in some point in your life, it helped you in a very manifest way. Do you want to talk about that as we kind of wind down? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we, you know, you taught us these, um, I remember in the beginning part of Cornerstone, um, and how, you know, we, we talked about the, the five responsibilities. And then, uh, soon after that, uh, I got orders to, uh, to go to Germany and live there for three years. Um, and that has been one of the, uh, one of the lessons that, that kind of resonated with me as I went to, um, as I went to, to Germany and, and have to look for a church and have to establish relationship with my neighbors and, you know, and learn a new job, right? Obviously, like my wife and my kids, having to, to transition into a new country with them and to help navigate that together as a family uh, so all those became a priority for me, uh, you know, was looking for church because I know that's my responsibility. I needed to get plugged in and we weren't going to be stationed in Germany for three years to just attend a church, sit in the back and then go home. Mm-hmm. Um, it became, it was, it was a priority for, for us and our family that, Hey, we have these responsibilities to the church and, and we need to exercise our gifts because the Lord given, gave us these gifts and we're going to use them in the church and, uh, and just being able to to really just focus on that um, to where like, man, we didn't even, you know, we didn't have a house yet, but we were out there looking for church. Right. <laughs> we didn't have a, you know, we didn't have a car yet, but we rented a car to, to go visit churches and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And just being deliberate in, in the way we met people and met with neighbors. And, you know, some of the neighbors that, that I met in Germany are still really good friends of ours uh, up to this day. And we still text and call them up and, 
Um, so again, it's because, uh, because learning this uh, lesson, when I had to go somewhere else, I knew that these are the responsibilities and, and I have to fulfill them regardless of where I'm at. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I would hope that yeah. that's yeah that that's a rubric that anybody that comes to our church could take because you know we have Air Force families and uh, some jobs where it's kind of transient where people know they're going to be here for a couple years and then move. But that's mm-hmm. that's one of my prayers that people learn these here and then take what they learn and apply it in other places so that wherever you are, you plant yourself, you let your roots dig as deep as possible, and if God needs to uproot them, let them uproot them. But uh, and the nice part is the longer you're there. Uh, the nature of those responsibilities grow and change, and and you actually end up learning more, right? There's uh, th- that's what I love about Jaira does sushi is you know guys in his nineties, but he's still trying to be better at making sushi, and there's something to learn from him in that regard to where he looks at his responsibilities and says I can be better at this. Let me learn and grow, and yeah. So it's a these responsibilities are a lifetime of learning. Your spouse is going to be different than than he or she was fifteen years ago, so learn grow, adapt, and be faithful. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if these, if this podcast prompted any questions, please feel free to text one of us, uh, shoot us an email, uh, comment. Uh, we don't have a Twitter page and we're not going to start one. So don't, don't look for us on Twitter. And, uh, but, but thanks for your time today. Uh, again, we pray that it's helpful. Uh, if you are not a part of Cornerstone and you're listening to this, uh, and we disagreed with your pastors. Uh, it's simple. Side with your pastors and disagree with us. Um, but just know that we always want to encourage you in your local church where you are and, and pray that our uh, whatever we say would help encourage you locally. And so we love you. And uh, with that, we wish you a good day. God bless you.